1: And welcome to another edition of Dice Trade Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. This evening, I am missing my my PIC, as the kids say, partner in crime, Dan Sanyo is out of the building, and so do solo show. Nathan? No, no, no solo show today. I got uh, my good friend John Hogue, who recently had me on his podcast. I was like, you know what? I have to have John on my podcast, not an obligation, but because I need someone. So I'm not talking to myself for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, John Hogue, dude, at Superflex dude on Twitter. How are you tonight, John? Uh,
2: Man, I'm so I'm so pumped to be here and uh, to get to talk to you again, Nathan. And uh, yeah, uh, that's that's my favorite way to sneak on to someone's show is just out of necessity. So that's always (laughs) that's always my favorite. (laughs) <laughs> and your
1: and your your podcast on the DLF family of podcasts. That's the uh, uh, the Superflex Super Show, right?
2: Yeah, Superflex Super Show. And then uh, I also do a live show. It's 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 pretty inconsistent, but we call it Superflex Super Friday. Sometimes, and, uh, sometimes for, on a Monday. Uh, yeah, it happens on Mondays. <laughs> if for a while there was it was strictly on Mondays, and now it's just kind of yeah. When we get time, let's uh, let's do a live show. Um, but oh. that's on the DLF uh, YouTube channel.
1: Sounds good. Oh, you can also find some of my commissioner work on the deal of YouTube channel. Not to put cross plug on the Rotoviz uh, radio over here. But today <laughs> we're gonna cover some news and notes and then we're gonna play a little game of rookie, rookie on the vent with uh some uh rookies of the quarterback position because uh hence superflex dude is in the building. So let's start off with our news and notes our first one the big the big news this week and this is this is tough cuz uh John for, for those <laughs> unfamiliar we're recording on a tuesday night and this podcast usually comes out around like thursday afternoon thursday night mm-hmm. um so this this news may so be out change. and yeah. things could change uh currently yeah. um the the council the the judge has recommended Deshaun Watson be suspended for 6 games um it is yet to be decided whether the NFL will follow through with that suspension um it seems like the nfl has leaned towards possibly going more than that six games and i feel like that would obviously end up in some sort of legal battle so john what are your initial obviously not like moral uh reaction to it but what's your initial fantasy reaction to 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 the six game suspension and do you think that the nfl is going to raise it and basically how are you reacting from a dynasty market standpoint with that
2: I'm. I'll be honest. I I think that this sticks at six games. I mean, I I could see the NFL appealing it, maybe get it up to eight games. I think that's the absolute worst case. Well, it, you know, depending on your perspective. Again, the morality side we won't talk about. But um, I think that that is probably the absolute max for Deshaun Watson. But I it just feels like there's a little bit of a there's there's a little bit of politics going on here. Where, you know, they in, in the latest collective bargaining agreement, they end up with a third party arbitrator for disciplinary stuff. And, you know, because it felt like Roger Goodell's system for uh, handing down discipline was really pretty, you know, it, it seemed kind of random. It seemed kind of arbitrary and, uh, and very inconsistent. And so he was like, OK, so here's your here's your third party arbitrator. And we've got to go with whatever she says. And then, you know, in our next CBA, we're going to be we're going to be looking at this again. So I think this really just kind of gives the NFL leverage to take that that power back later. And so I think they're probably going to let this stand and say, yeah, this is what happens when you let the union get involved.
1: Yeah, I I think from a dynasty value perspective, I don't really see how. A suspended six games Deshaun Watson escapes the first round of startups. I know start. I know yeah. it's it's beginning of August and probably not very many Superflex startups going on right now. But if there is, I don't see Deshaun Watson getting out of the first round. Don't see him escaping those those top you know six quarter top six quarterbacks. So yep. I guess the, my my question here, and this is more so me as someone who I have Deshaun Watson in one league, so it's uh, it, it's not to my benefit for him to do well in fantasy essentially. Um, <laughs> but with with Deshaun Watson, do you think that, is there any sort of worry from a football perspective with the year and a half layoff of no football? Do you think that could have impact on, on his play? Or do you think that, you know, he's, you know, good as new starting week seven, week eight.
2: Yeah, I think that he's it, it, there, there could definitely be some rust. I think that that's uh, that's, you know, going to be a fair concern. He's going to get a full training camp here. So you know, I, I think we're going to knock the rust off and then serve the six game suspension. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not too worried as far as that goes. I think, uh, I think they've got a a system that's really kind of built around the run. They're going to, they're going to be able to give him some training wheels if he needs it. Um, you know, relying on the, the run and the short passing game. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I'm, I have no concerns.
1: And if you're, if you're looking to acquire uh, Deshaun Watson right now in dynasty, are you trading down from one of the top guys and, you know, taking on some of that risk with a, a Patrick Mahomes or a Kyler Murray, or are you trading up from some more of the the mid-tier guys in the quarterback position? So basically if you're trying to go after Watson, are you starting with Herbert Allen Mahomes, and trying to get something on top of, of Watson, or are you mm-hmm. looking more at the the Dak Lance Wilson, you know, that that area in terms of trying to acquire Watson.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of depends on your roster build because, you know, we've, we've got a young, uh, a young quarterback here. Who's proven to be elite. I mean, he was among, he was right there with Pat Mahomes those first two years that they were both NFL starters. Uh, He was, you know, the, the stats were almost identical and uh you know, so we kind of have this. He's still relatively young, relatively fresh. We kind of get this opportunity here to where you can, you know, kind of wherever you're at, you can you can rebuild around him. You can, um, you you know, you can uh, kind of bolster, reinforce a, a contender, uh, whichever way you need to go. I think that I would prefer to to tear down to him. Um, I typically like to do that with quarterbacks anyways. I would much rather go from Mahomes to Watson plus rather than give up anybody who's going to be starting early in the season, you know, to a, yeah. Um, you know guys like that and and move up to a guy that I'm not going to get to start the season
1: yeah and if so if you're moving down from Mahomes to Watson I think this might be a little bit on the you know obviously off field are playing a part in this if you're moving from Mahomes to Watson what are you expecting that plus to be to, to you know take on that you know you're, you're taking on the 16th suspension you're taking on the risk of you know a guy who has off the field problems like are you expecting like a first round rookie pick? Are you expecting like a a seventh round startup pick? Like what, what is the range of value of a player or asset you're looking to to bridge the gap between those two players? I think there's a decent chance that a lot of players have a very small gap, like, you know, a second round rookie pick or something crazy like that.
2: Right. Yeah. Which, and, and here's the thing. I almost, I, I just kind of as a general rule, like I, I won't move within the, you know, within the top, tier to a quarterback, um, kind of depending, you know, depending on how you line up your tiers, I won't move within those tiers for less than a first round pick. I just don't see a reason to do it. You know, like, even if I was going to go from, um, Josh Allen to Justin Herbert or, or you know, vice versa, uh, depending on how you have it ranked, I still just, you know, if, if, if we're saying that it's so close, that a second round rookie pick gets it done then what why are we making the move you know mm-hmm. it's almost yeah. like making the move straight across so I think that there's got to be fairly significant value if you're going to make a move like that so I think the very minimum that I would do is a first round pick
1: yeah and for me if I'm looking to acquire Watson I'm probably more so on the on the end of tearing up because I, I'm mm-hmm. looking at my my Josh Allen, my Justin Herbert's my Patrick Mahomes and be like. I don't want to take on that risk of what or what Watson can be, which probably why I'm not going to end up having a lot of them, but where I'll tear up is I'll take a Russell Wilson and add a piece. I'll take a Jalen hurts and add a piece. Um, And obviously the the piece might literally there be at least a first round pick, but you are buying years on the side of Russell Wilson. You're buying talent on the, the, the side of, of Jalen Hurts. So I, I think that if I'm, if I'm making a move for Watson right now, I'm trying to take one of those other top 10 quarterbacks that are below him and kind of get to, to where he is, which I pretty much, is probably around QB six, QB seven right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: All right. Let's go to our first big training camp injury, unless my brain is escaping me. And it is one Tim Patrick uh, of the Denver Broncos. Tim Patrick, maybe maybe we're talking about the concept of why are Jerry Judy and, uh, um, you know, KG Hamler and company, why are they going ahead of Tim Patrick? Tim Patrick has shown to be more reliable on the field. Oh, um, and Cortland Sutton, of course. But Patrick has been uh, producing over the last couple of years. He stayed healthy uh, when a lot of those other receivers have not. Um, So now he is not healthy. And now it's the Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy show for the Denver Broncos. So, how much of this is an opportunity for for Jerry, Judy, and um, and Cortland Sutton, or how much this is this more of a like it, this did not need to happen for the quote unquote breakout of, of Sutton and Judy, <laughs> in my opinion. So, what are your thoughts yeah.
2: on that? Yeah, I I, 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 with Sutton, I definitely agree. I think that, that Sutton's workload was just going to be what it is. You know, he's he's kind of the alpha build. He's kind of the you know he he works at all levels. Judy is more of a a finesse kind of route runner type that isn't going to get the attention of Russell Wilson quite as easily unless you don't have you know quite as many options out on the field. So I think that this this does a lot more for Jerry Judy. I think uh, Cortland Sutton. It it you know it it doesn't really move the needle either way.
1: Yeah, I I think that what it does is it raises the floor of Jerry Judy. You know the the concept yeah. that he he could have possibly been the wire receiver three in that offense. It was within the range of outcomes. And now it really isn't. Jerry Judy is locked into a top two wire receiver spot in that Russell Wilson offense. And we'll see, you know, do, do the Broncos quote, unquote, let Russ cook and, and, you know, open up that passing game, or do they continue to use the running backs with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So I, I think that the, the biggest, you know, the, the, loser, here of this deal is Tim Patrick. He, he goes from a guy who was probably worth like, you know, a, a, Ninth, uh, 10th 11th round startup pick just because of you know how he's done with the volume he's gotten um but obviously doesn't have the draft capital doesn't have uh you know the pedigree behind him so um his time dynasty value does take a nosedive because the people behind him and, and with him are gonna get the opportunity but also he just doesn't you know have the value to maintain you know over the course of an entire year from season ending injury um yeah. Does this have any impact on uh, just going through the Broncos? Almost does that have any impact for you on uh, Albert O, or do you think that that's minimal impact between the two?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's fairly minimal impact across the rest of the passing game. To be honest with you, I think for one thing, Albert O is in for a little bit of a, a camp battle between uh, Greg Dulcich and actually they really like Eric Sobert. So there's kind of three tight ends in the mix right now. Mm-hmm this gives them the opportunity to go more, you know, two tight end sets, um, uh, and, you know, get both of them on the field. And, uh, you know, you're going to see, you're going to get some, uh, some boom games from KJ Hamler and from, you know, various tight ends running backs in the passing game. So I, you know, I, I just, I just felt all along, like beyond Sutton and possibly Judy, this was going to be a, just kind of a, a situation to stay away from. It's the, the offense as a whole gets better with Russell Wilson, but right. just the makeup of that of that uh that passing game beyond Sutton and possibly Judy, it was just gonna be a weekly battle to try and figure out, you know, who who's startable here. So um, you know, in best ball leagues, I think that uh that every one of these guys gets a bump. But man, if 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 we're talking about trying to figure out who to get into your lineup on a weekly basis. I just want nothing to do with it beyond Sutton.
1: Yeah. And I I do think there's definitely, even if you don't trust Judy early on, I think obviously there's certainly the the concept of him breaking out and then becoming very startable. Um, Let's, let's go to our uh, next big news of the day. Debo Samuel contract extension. Um, I believe a three-year deal. I'm not sure if this is three years on top or three years, including this year. Either way, uh, extended with the, uh, the 49ers, I believe it was three years on top. Um, mm-hmm. the, the most intriguing part of this extension is the uh, incentives related to rushing. So some of the some of the news from the offseason or, or some of the posturing between the Niners and, and Debo Samuel was that Debo Samuel allegedly didn't want to be as significant a part of a running game because obviously puts a lot of damage on your body, You know stuff that you don't ordinarily see from the receiver position. But Debo Samuel did include incentives uh, for, uh, I think it's 380 rushing yards or three touchdowns or both, um, but capping out it, I think it's like 1.8 million or, so, or something along those lines. Um, basically, he is financially uh, incentivized to continue playing the you know, slash running back wide receiver position. So do you think we'll see you know, a similar amount of Debo Samuel in the backfield, you know, less or, or even more?
2: I think it'll be pretty similar. Um, If anything, I would expect more. The funny thing is, I mean, as soon as he gets a contract, now we're hearing from Debo himself that, that that was all overblown, that he was misquoted, that he, he actually wants to run the ball. And it's like, okay, yeah, now that there's money involved, you want to run the ball. So that's fun. But yeah, I, I, and it just, it just makes a ton of sense to give, trey lance in his first year as a starter as many weapons as you can close to the line of scrimmage you're gonna you're gonna have to design some runs for him but you also need to have the ability to you know just to get the ball out of his hands quickly and you know having a a, you know kind of a multi-use weapon like debo samuel is just kind of the perfect training wheels for a young quarterback like that Uh, especially one with you know, kind of questionable <laughs> mechanics throwing the ball down the field. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I just think for the development of Trey Lance alone, I think that, yeah, you really kind of go back to leaning on Debo Samuel either in the running game or in the short passing game.
1: And how for in dynasty, how does Debo Samuel rank among this group of, of, of wide receivers who got these big contract extensions this year, AJ Brown, um, you know, uh, A.J. Brown, I'm sorry, uh, D- D.K. Metcalf, Devontae Adams. Like, where do you have him among those guys? Is he higher, lower? Right now, actually, uh, he's above every single one of those guys in Dynasty ADP at Wire 5.
2: Yeah, and that's how I have it ranked as well, if I remember right. Um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, a big part of it is you can kind of look at the contracts, and it tells, a, it, it tells a story within the story. You know, you look at Devontae Adams, that – uh, it's a what a four or five year contract, 141 million, I believe, something like that. But when you break it down, it really kind of looks like a, a series of one year contracts. They've got out to every single year where the uh, the you know the the cap hit is greater than the dead cap, and that's not the case with Debo Samuel. They're pretty committed to him for at least the next two to three years. So the next three years, if I remember right, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the the way they structured that tells you that he's part of their long-term plans and uh, you know, some of these older guys uh, are not getting the same type of deals.
1: Yeah, I I I still think from a you know, quote-unquote talent perspective that he is a, a shade behind AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, but I do mm-hmm. think that the 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 differentiator there might be the fact that you know, the usage that, you know, you're not seeing DK Metcalf line up in the backfield. You're not seeing uh, AJ Brown with the, the sweeps as at as, as least as much as Debo Samuel. So I think the volume yeah. is on the, the volumes on Debo side, but we'll see how that, you know, hashes out over the course of time. And one thing that I think that is slightly of note and maybe less so because you just got a big ex- extension, but Brandon Ayuk was non-existent at points last year. And so I'm assuming Brandon Ayuk is going to go from being non-existent to existent again, does that worry you at all? If Brandon Aeok has a re-breakout that, that, that might, you know, decrease the volume of Debo Samuel?
2: Not really. I, like I said, I think Trey Lance is going to be a, a lot of uh close to the line of scrimmage type of stuff um, it, early on. You know, I think they're going to try and make it easy for him, try and uh, try and spread the field and and try and, uh, uh, you know, give him quick, easy reads to make. And, and I, you know, I can I I I can definitely see a scenario where Brandon Ayuk is is more involved than he was last year. I mean, he has to be more involved than he was last year. It can't be worse. But yeah, I just I just think that it's one of those situations where you just have such a a different type of role for Debo Samuel, and it's so defined for both of those guys that it, they don't really cross into one another. You know, it's almost like um, back when you had you know, Randy Moss and Wes Welker, um, uh, on the same Patriots team, they're, they're playing such different positions and they're playing in such different ways that they really just kind of don't, they don't, you know, encroach on one another's territory.
1: Yep. And let's wrap up with some news regarding tampering. Um, the dolphins, uh, confirmed tampered with Tom Brady and Sean Payton to try and allure him, Laura Brady back in 2020 and in 2022, Sean Payton, several times throughout those years. Um, Now the fantasy impact, you might say, oh, there's very minimal impact. You know, there's so many roster spots, yada, yada. I think there might be a a shade of a fantasy impact here in regards to Mike Gusecki. And it may be a reach to say this, but when you lose a first round pick, you can't then also afford to lose a very talented weapon in the form of Mike So I'd be very surprised if after losing a first round pick, they also let Mike Gusecki walk because that is double the loss of, of, of premium or calling Mike a premium asset might be a little bit of stretch, but very solid, a very solid asset at, at the very least with Mike Gusecki. So I think that obviously they can't extend him anytime between now and like a February, but I think that now that they've lost this first round pick, they're going to make it a priority to make sure to resign Mike Gusecki to a long-term deal.
2: Yeah. No, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really just kind of locks in all the guys that you, that you have, you're just not going to have an opportunity to replace very many of them at all. Um, you know, for, for a while, you're going to. Uh, well, yeah. be yeah.
1: And also the, the, this makes it like even more make or break time for two. Cause like, obviously he was already yes. on, on a bit of a hot seat, but. It's interesting because if he plays poorly, it doesn't help them at all in terms of getting their next quarterback, other than I guess having an earlier second round pick. But yeah. if if he pays, if he plays poorly, it might result in the, the dolphins having to make some huge godfather offer with like multiple first round picks in the future in order to get up from that early second round into, you know, wherever the quarterbacks are being taken in 2023. So yeah,
2: absolutely. yeah obviously
1: all the it, pressure, all the pressure on Tua to make sure that, that lost first round pick ends up being as late as possible.
2: It feels like, all of a sudden I I don't know how you go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater with the type of pressure that they have all of a sudden this, this feels like a good landing spot for, uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden, just because, you know, there's a familiarity with, with Mike McDaniel and above all else, you've got to have a quarterback. You've got to have insurance at quarterback because, you know you're you're in a very very defined window right at the moment. You have got to start winning games this year, and if it's not Tua, you've got to have somebody who can uh, who sure. can keep I, you going.
1: Sure, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I see Jimmy G getting traded to a spot where he isn't the presumed starter. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, that would be the difficult part. of That, but I, would, but I do think it makes it makes sense from a you know an NFL perspective. Yeah. Now before we get into some rookie rookie of the vets, before we get into some rookie of the vet. Let's talk about our friends over at Underdog. Tua has pressure on him and you have pressure on you to go to Underdog. For me, I'm telling you, you have to go to Underdog, Underdog Fantasy, to get your 100% deposit match. You can get deposit $100, $100 you know on on top of that for you to enter best ball mania three get your the puppy get your the the labrador i i, I think the labrador was a joke the great Dane. there we go the puppy the great Dane, and the and best ball mania three that those are the three big ones for you and you can enter more and more of those with your hundred dollar deposit match using promo code rotoviz r-o-t-o-v-i-z best ball mania best ball, pick them, anything you can want. Oh, and by the way, not that this matters to you, underdog's worth a bajillion dollars. So that came out last week, um, worth lots of money. And so make sure you are putting some of your money so you can be, have a chance at $2 million, along with other awesome stuff going on at underdog fantasy, promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: What's what is a three called? It, that's not a triplet, a tria. Tri-
2: there, there is a uh, triumvirate. Tri-
1: triumvirate. There we go. That's what I was looking for.
2: That's <laughs> there's what a pay- big, big word.
1: That's what we pay the big bucks for, John. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I haven't paid you a cent and I never will. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the triumvirate of rookie of the vets, um, we'll start off with the QB one of the NFL draft in 2022. The year is 2022. I had to double check that. Uh, Kenny Pickett of the Pittsburgh Steelers, rookie, Kenny Pickett, <laughs> on oh, the vet. Zach Wilson. So uh, looking at two players that are uh, valued closely uh, in Dynasty ADP right now. Oh, I guess before we en- enter this conversation, um, I-, I do want to ask you this because I always ask people who, who play a lot of Superflex when you're comparing two quarterbacks, like a Pickett versus a Zach Wilson, and obviously it can differ, you know, p- Veteran versus rookie, old versus young, all those different things. How do those things take a factor in the difference between a one QB league and a superflex? So, what do you value more in superflex in a QB versus one Q QB, or is there a minimal difference between the two?
2: I think that you you worry a little bit less about age in superflex. Um, you know, we're we're really just kind of looking for we need guys with with job security essentially, uh, especially in these dynasty leagues, you know, we just need guys who we know are going to be on the field. Um, and it, it, from there, you, you, you don't worry too much about, um, you know, how much longer are they going to be on the field necessarily? Because we've seen, I mean, how many guys at this point has Tom Brady outlasted in the amount of time that we've, that we've had him on retirement watch. So, you know, you, you, you're going to lose some of these guys year to year anyways, you just don't want to have to address the position, um, is, you know, every single year, if you can avoid it. So, um, is, is, you know, so, so getting a rookie actually, isn't that big of a benefit because we have no idea what we're getting, it, you know, for example, this, this, this is going to be a, a fairly quick exercise because I can't stand this rookie class of quarterbacks. So, <laughs> Uh, and, and it's gonna be, it it's just so hard to trust those guys. It's so hard to figure out, are any of these even going to get a shot? And if so, when, and if, so, if, and even then, you know, how long is it going to last? So it just, you know, you're, you're really just kind of taking on risk every time you, uh, prioritize youth where it's just it's 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 a the advantage that you can create in superflex is by finding the guys with you know job security regardless of age so you know Dak Prescott we're 29 years old we're we're still going to get five or six years with him you know guys like that um so yeah it, the, the it where in a one quarterback league you're just kind of like you know I, anybody who can it, as long as I can set it for and forget it, I'm good. So, you know, I think the rookie quarterbacks are a little bit more viable in a one quarterback league. Okay. So
1: with that said, can Pickett pick it or Zach Wilson?
2: Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson, by the way, like this mm-hmm. has been one of my guys all off season talking about, uh, you know, that we, we started to see, we saw, saw kind of a half a step from him at the, uh, at towards the end of the season, particularly running the football, which we always love for fantasy football purposes. We always love it when we get rushing yards and rushing touchdowns from our quarterbacks. Uh, but you know, we also saw, we saw plenty of arm talent, uh, throughout the season and throughout the draft process. And now, you know, you get Elijah Moore finally fully healthy, And you add Garrett Wilson, you've got that group of tight ends. You've got now you've got a a credible running game behind him with Brees Hall. It's just they've just loaded that offense up for Zach Wilson, and I think that he's going to take advantage. So I don't even have to, you know, badmouth Kenny Pickett here. Just to say that Zach Wilson is one of my favorite sleepers for twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm taking Zach Wilson here, and it's. Two things. It's the, the second overall draft capital. And more so than that, it is the wide receivers around him. It's the Garrett Wilson. It's the Elijah Moore. It's the Corey Davis to, to an even extent. And I like the tight ends as well. It's how, how Tyler Gronklin, as the kids say, uh, and CJ Uzoma and Jeremy Ruckert. So, yeah, I think that the Jets are putting together a very solid offense together. And like Zach Wilson is going to be a beneficiary of that. And so, yeah, I think it's Zach Wilson pretty easily here. um Next one, rookie Malik Willis. For the vets davis mills where you at with this
2: one this one's actually kind of tough but i'm still going to go with davis mills just because we know he's a week one starter and you know we we know that if they don't have a whole lot behind him they're not really pushing him off the field it's really just going to come down to how many how many games can you win and You know, can you win enough games to keep us away from the top of the draft so we can go take your replacement, uh, you know, force us to uh, to give you another year, another shot. So, you know, he's he kind of controls his destiny where I'm not totally sure what the path is for Malik Willis. I I have no doubt that they have some kind of plan. That's why they drafted him. But they did wait till the third round. So it also could have been a little bit of a value type of move. So, uh, yeah, I I just I can't tell you when Malik Willis gets on the field, if he gets on the field. And even if he does, does that necessarily mean that he's their long term starter or is it just kind of an end of the year audition?
1: Yeah. So I talked about we talked about a little bit with the one QB versus Superflex difference. This is where I think there's a difference. I think that in a Superflex league, give me Davis Mills because he is going to start 17 mm-hmm. games. I don't think you're guaranteed Malik Willis will ever start 17 games in his life. And so I'm going to take those 17 games and ride them. In one QB, not that you're actually exactly clamoring to hold a roster spot for Malik Willis, but in one QB, Malik Willis is sitting there waiting for a Ryan Tannehill injury. And Malik Willis has the Konami code with him, where if he is thrusted that opportunity, kind of like a Jalen Hurts is who I've compared him to where you have that ability that if he ends up getting into the lineup, He's going to be very startable for fantasy. So, in one QB, I'll take Willis. And in Superflex 2QB, I'll take Mills because I think there will be starts. I'm not positive about that from Lake Willis. Yeah. And we'll wrap up the show with um, another rookie or the vet, the rookie Desmond Ritter or the veteran Baker Mayfield. Where are we at with this one, John?
2: And we're definitely getting closer. But, uh, it, it, same thing. It's, it's, Baker Mayfield, just because, you know, he's a week one starter, you know, that most likely scenarios, he starts the entire season and, you know, Desmond Ritter, I think has probably the, at this point, the clearest path to a starting job among all the rookies. And that includes Kenny Pickett, by the way, I think that Ritter has the clearest path, but again, it's just how long does it take for him to take Mar- Marcus Mariota off the field, and, uh, and finally get his shot. So um, just, you know, just with that unknown. And again, you know, you know, like you said, in Superflex in particular, we're looking for the guys who are on the field that's Mayfield and it's not Ritter.
1: Yeah. My take on with this one is that the question is, is the 2021 Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield because of the mm-hmm. 2021 Baker Mayfield's Baker Mayfield, this is Ritter in a, a landslide Baker Mayfield 2021 Baker Mayfield isn't, an NFL starting quarterback isn't a starting quarterback, and therefore Ritter at least has a chance to supplant that. But if you think that Baker Mayfield's closer to 2019, 2020 Baker Mayfield, then there's a chance that he is a long-term starter. So I I am a believer in Baker Mayfield. I'm also a believer in, in Desmond Ritter. So I mean, I would gladly roster both these guys on my team. Um, they might even be a decent combo because like you, you're, you're guaranteed yeah. to have guaranteed to have Baker until Ritter you know gets the start you know more or less without the the, the injury component. Um, but yeah, I think that due to the draft capital due to DJ Moore, I will very slightly give a slight edge to, to Baker Mayfield with the acknowledgement that, you know, one year from today, Baker's floor is a lot lower than Ritter's. And I think their, their ceilings are probably pretty similar.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, I think that that's probably fair. I it's the other tough part for Ritter is going to be. Just kind of a lack of weapons, you know. It's it's really gonna be primarily gonna be Kyle Pitts. Um, I and unless, you know, we're we're I guess what we're really kind of chasing at that point is breakouts from two rookies, Drake London and Desmond Ritter, both at the same time at positions that historically take a year or two. You know, so it's it it's definitely possible, but uh, I I I think I like Baker Mayfield's floor a little bit better too, just because of the weapons around him.
1: Right, right. The, the difference between short term floor and long term floor. The, the long term yep. floor is very low, but the short term floor for Baker is pretty high.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: righty, that should wrap us up for this evening. Any last words, John?
2: No, man. That uh, it 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 was. It was fun. It was uh, it was good to get back on the mic with you so soon. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was already starting to miss your face. So, the fact <laughs> that we got back to it so quick, yeah, there I really go. appreciate it, Nathan.
1: Oh, absolutely happy to happy to to do the crossover. Uh, make sure to follow John at the Superflex Dude. Check out his uh, show, the Superflex Super Show, on the DLF Family Podcast and all his stuff on the DLF YouTube channel as well we'll i'm sure we'll, our paths will cross soon john when you know dan it. has another work emergency <laughs> <laughs> there you go all right we'll talk to you guys next week promo code rotavis rv radio 2022 for your your uh, all your discounts and tools all that good stuff and kadosh